Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the house of hardcore, and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer and I get you ready for Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill on Saturday with Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, the Good Brothers. We talk Impact Wrestling. Also, we talk about that amazing moment on last week's AEW Dynamite with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. A lot to talk with Gallows and Anderson on the podcast today. Also, we get into, as usual, when Tommy and I are together, crazy pro wrestling conversation. Who had the best sleeper hold ever? All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Guys, how are you this morning? Excellent. Man, yeah, it's good to hear that bo- that old school Bullet Club music that Rocky Romero made on the kayfabe. I don't know if he's if he's even allowed to talk about that. But <laughs> that's Rocky Romero singing. That's Rocky Romero editing, producing. I love that old Bullet Club song. It's fun to be back in uh, in the mix of things. And thanks for having us. It's, uh, I'm happy that you said that because I was going to worry about us getting a cease and desist because that seems to happen a lot. I've seen a lot of these hand gestures everyone's doing again, which is cool. Oh, that, Wrestling's that, cool. Oh, they're on the way. Don't worry about You're that. making it cool again. <laughs> sure, something will be thrown our way somehow, somewhere. <laughs> it's your fault. Hey, listen, we got we got canned in the middle of a pandemic, man. I don't. I don't I, anything could happen. I Where think you'll have a job a for shit. life. We got this buzz going. That's all that matters right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you really do. You definitely ahead, have a buzz going because, like, and, and it's to back to your point, Tommy. Jericho's, you know, screaming out, "They're doing the, they're doing the, the sign, they're doing the hand <laughs> thing." I mean, you, you got to be careful, I guess, nowadays. And you know, obviously, with New Japan, I've gone back and watched a lot of the old Bullet Club stuff because, you know, after seeing what took place on Wednesday, kind of rekindled a lot of those old matches. And Tommy and I started the show talking about the G1 finals with you, sir, and what you were able to do in that match with Okada and everything else. So, I mean, has this kind of, you know, and you, you talked about the pandemic and now moving on to Impact Wrestling. For both of you guys, you know, has this kind of rekindled your passion and love for pro wrestling again? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, uh, we were doing our best, you know, coming out of this thing and out of the pandemic to hit the ground running and to turn what some would perceive as a negative into a massive positive. And, uh, it's worked out in our favor. So we're just going to keep our feet on the gas pedal. And that leads into hard to kill on Saturday, which we're both super excited to do to stand in the ring with Kenny Omega again. It's been almost five years. So uh, we're really pumped for that match, and it's good to have the buzz flowing again. That's that old uh, that old hand cramp and that old hand gesture that uh, maybe we're not allowed to say the name of. I don't know, but we're going to do it anyway. 
I don't know, man. The Young Bucks, so the Young Bucks wrote an awesome book, and and uh, and, and Matt Jackson even said he's like uh, doing doing the hand gesture. Carl Anderson dubbed it the Too Sweet. So I, I feel like yeah. I guess I invented it. I, I made the name. So I think we can just <laughs> I can just go ahead and and uh, I think we can do whatever we want. Yeah, anything that we want. <laughs> you know, it, Impact Wrestling first and foremost rekindled our rekindled our love and drive. It's not that we lost our, our drive because we were still in the mix of things when we were over there, but to be able to come to Slammiversary and, uh, and be thrown right into the mix of this, uh, of a company that some people maybe had for- forgotten was still rocking and rolling. And like, so I feel like impact is just proving that we're here to play. And um, if you look back now and, and you can look back on some of those uh, moments that we had with Kenny Omega in Japan and, and uh, you know, me introducing him into the bullet club is one of the, is a really cool video to watch. I mean, the, the reaction he got because Kenny was, was over, don't get me wrong, but, you know, he wasn't as over to the New Japan Pro Wrestling fans yet. And so to watch him be, be introduced into that that big limelight of New Japan and then watch the star that he turned into is uh it's fascinating. Dude, I told I only remember old stuff and I totally remember that moment and that was through digital social media where I saw that and it was like Yes, you said he was over, but then he became next level. And that was instant. Uh, if I go old school, it's like when Lex Luger joined the Horsemen. And it's just like, right. well, you knew this guy was going to be good, and now you know he's going to be great. And, uh, man, I totally forgot about that. That's awesome. Uh, but let me yeah. uh, talk about you, because, as always, your partner is sitting in a truck drinking all the time <laughs> while you're out there literally tearing yeah. it up in the ring. <laughs> Uh, I watched you versus Ethan Page, and I watched you last night against Rich Swan. I forgot how great of a singles wrestler you are, but you're firing on all cylinders in the ring. And I know once uh, your partner is finally decides to step into the ring again, because he's been a little lazy. He just, you know, he, he that's the devil. You give him a little bit of brewski, and he's like, oh, I'll be over here while you go wrestle. He's um, my heater, I'm making Tommy. I'm <laughs> making my big comeback. I'm his heater, Tommy. That's the way it works, you know? So he's out there putting on the five-star performances. He is literally one of the best pound-for-pound wrestlers in the world. And I say this a lot. It's a good time to say it again. Like, you know, uh, younger in my career, Tommy, I got to stand on the floor and literally be a heater for uh, – you know, some of the best singles wrestlers going at the time from CM Punk to doing it with AJ to uh, stuff we did in TNA. And uh, I've stood on the apron a lot and watched this man perform. And I think people just don't understand how damn good that he is. So it's awesome to see him on a platform here in the United States getting to showcase that. Absolutely. I I appreciate those, that everything like that. But the thing is, I want to prove to people that I can, because I feel like I lost a little, uh, I lost a little steam where we were. And so I think to be able to get this opportunity that impacts given me to uh, step in there and, and, and have some long singles matches and just prove my worth, man. I feel like I'm in, I am firing on all cylinders and I haven't, I feel like I'm in the middle of my prime right now and I'm ready to just show people. What was it like when you guys recently, I mean, we haven't been in front of fans when we're shooting Impact Wrestling, but there were fans in Jacksonville. You gave, which hasn't been a long time, of a nice live holy shit moment. Uh, What did that feel like for you guys? It was exhilarating. I think I can speak for both of us and I'll let him speak on it, but it really was exhilarating to know that you're making a moment and to have a crowd to react live like, I felt so bad for the Motor City Machine Guns, for example, when they, they came, made their return at Slammiversary. Um, 
And I think we've had some great moments too that would have had great crowd reaction. All of us on the Impact uh, roster have felt that. So to be able to have that moment, and I don't know how many it was, 750, 1,000 people because they're socially distanced, but to hear the buzz and see their reaction and feel the energy again, I mean, you know as well as I do, that's higher than any high that you can get when you do this for a living. So it was, uh, it was definitely awesome. Yeah, it was the first time in a while that we felt that, um, you know, when you can hear the people out there and you know you're about to go run out there, it was that those ridiculous amount of butterflies inside butterflies, the stomach yeah. and, and in the gut. I mean, like when, you know, the the Nick and Matt Jackson, the, the executive vice presidents over there, were they, they, they don't get home until 2.30 in the morning or back to the hotel until 2.30 because they have to do some stuff at the, at the arena. And I, and I specifically remember Nick writing in the group chat going, all right, guys, well, I'm going to attempt to fall asleep, but I'm still buzzing and uh, I'm on this high. And so anyways, I'm not going to be able to sleep. I know it, but I'll see you guys. All of us. Yeah. Pumped and up. now with the pandemic, like it's really about social media. And I talked about this the next day here on Busted Open on, on Thursday morning about just how social media blew up and, and bullying and I, Tommy, were talking about sometimes it's more about the moments than the matches. And that mo- like just all those tweets of holy shit. And I just I all I tweeted was holy shit. And it got, you know, 3000 retweets because they knew what <laughs> I was talking about. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess right now, especially the last nine months, it's really to get that reaction. I guess you have to go to social media. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, it's cool too to know because all that stuff. It, it, it takes me back to when we started the Bullet Club stuff in 2013. It's just nice to see that. I guess it's satisfying to know that people uh, were watching, or they're they're in, invested or interested in like in in all the stuff that we did do. That to, to remember that you know we did have a long run with Kenny Omega and just seeing people be excited, man. I think it's this is a time for people to be pumped up and and have an alternative. A place to watch fun stuff and to be get and be able to get pumped up over shit that they like. And they've been waiting well, on it for years. I feel like too, because you know, even um, in WWE, having guys that had come from Bullet Club or whatever, they never fully ever got that moment, like with the group or with any variation of the group. So I think that um, once Kenny raised it up, then once we threw it up, and then you know the Bucks were a little bit hesitant, but when we all came together, that was like that was the perfect way to go off the air. That shot of the hands in the air. Um, that's one we'll remember for a long time. It was good shit. Uh, you guys part of history for the simple fact of uh, I feel the Bullet Club helped change the business. You remember there was only, always the NWO shirts. There was always these DX shirts. You guys weren't there. WrestleMania weekend, I remember Dave and I were there. And this was around 2000, what? Around what you said, maybe 13, 14. Probably 14. Where I land yeah. into the town and I kept looking around and be like, look how many Bullet Club shirts yeah. there are. And we're in, we're in WWE's world. And it reminded me of like, wow, these are different times. Or, you know, you were cool when you wore the ECW shirt. Yes. You guys were made the Bullet Club the cool shirt as well as the cool thing to watch. And like you said, wrestling fans never forget. They did not have that uh, ability to watch what you guys were doing unless it became on YouTube and all that stuff. The New Japan Network wasn't uh, around then, but it was just word of mouth, social media of how we got to, to be part of this revolution. And for you guys, we're able to parlay that to get leverage for yourself to then go to WWE um, and or 
leverage for the guys also in New Japan when you left because then they started signing people to contracts. So that stuff did not happen. Um, so, I mean, you guys really, I know you don't think about it, but when you get older, you will think about it. You really did, you were a part of changing the business and changing for the better. And I know you both love the business. So it's cool to hang your head on that uh, at times. No, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, no. I I think if Gallows and I, if we sit and have ourselves a nice little bottle of of red wine, we definitely sit blood. there and we start telling we start telling each other how <laughs> how damn cool we are, <laughs> how, how cool it one is. One of our one of our guilty pleasures together. <laughs> hey, like one time, one time we flew back from England and we landed in New York and we realized that we we sat beside each other for nine hours and told each other how cool we were, but we didn't sleep. <laughs> So yeah, we should have so, slept because we felt yeah, horrible. We, yeah, trying to walk in New York, like uh oh. <laughs> but no, uh, it, it is cool. It's it's cool. It's it's really cool. I remember when I would turn on WWE SmackDown or Raw. I would turn on Impact. I would turn on whatever wrestling show was on, and there's Bullet Club shirts popping up. And I, I'd be on a, you know a three week tour in Japan, and I'd come home for eight days, and I would just I'd watch Raw or SmackDown in the jet lagged stupor. And I'd see Bullet Club shirts all over the arena, and I'm going like, "What the fuck are we doing? Is something something weirds that we're doing is is kick is catching?" And I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know. It's just really cool. I, An- I remember another weird time in sorry. Two- I was just going to say, I remember coming home uh, in 2014, and we'd been gone for it was like we had to stay for a tour, but there was only a week in between, so we stayed for another tour. So it was like seven weeks. We'd been in Japan, and I came home and I took my son to the mall to get like school clothes or something. And that's when it really hit me. I was like walking through the mall and I saw, like, oh shit, a Bullet Club shirt. Oh, another one. Oh, another one. And then they were like, a, I don't know if they were in a Hot Topic or somewhere, but I was like, yeah. oh man, this is catching on. Like it's crossing over beyond like just a wrestling audience in Japan. And that's when it like really started to hit us what it was. It was cool. What genius trademarked and owns the Bullet Club? I'll tell you something. They they didn't at first. Me and Gallo's almost. It was almost the big LG baby. <laughs> wow. We almost got a hold of that. We almost got a hold of that uh, trademark. We might not have ever been booked again, but we almost got a hold of that. <laughs> got a hold of that. I'm still the I'm still the current owner of the BizClips trademark, I believe, with yeah. all of our other trademark bills that we have. Over the last yeah, year. But, yeah, but but New, New Japan did did uh, okay. get a hold of it. I don't know if they realized how big it was going to be. We Until, searched it one day and we went, holy yeah. shit! They just got it three weeks ago <laughs> well then we tried to get it on that fake trademark site remember we just lost money yeah. we, we tried before, to bootleg before it we had a, before we had a real trademark lawyer we were trying every carny move we could to, to brother down the, the trade, I trademark, trademark that ecf and w man oh shit <laughs> i was the first to say ecf and w i should have trademarked that you guys came close oh the, my the god pure, the pure that. genius yeah. we almost all had huh well, now we try to now so we cool. trademark everything, but now we realize we're getting bills. We're getting bills for five thousand yeah. bucks a week. Yeah, so. what the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I want to get into impact, but since we're talking New Japan, Carl, and 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 I never really got the opportunity to ask you about this, but you know, you you talk about 2013, 2014. You had that amazing match with uh, Tanahashi, and I've always said on on this show that. To me, Tanahashi is the greatest wrestler in New Japan history. I mean, what was it like being in the ring with him, especially at that time? Uh, you know, just just being in the ring with like a legend like Tanahashi. Yeah, you know, I, I went there in 2008, right? And so the first couple of uh, like four or five tours, like I would have to go out and sit and and, and lean on the and on and take a knee at the ring. 
And I'd watch these main events of Shinsuke versus Tanahashi. And it was always Tanahashi in the main event. And, 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 and I started like trying to figure out like, what, what was he doing that was getting, that was eliciting these ridiculous reactions. And I started watching him, these accelerations he would have towards the end of his matches. And when he would start to accelerate the people, I'm starting to get, I'm getting chills now talking about it, but he, he would start to accelerate and then the people would start to accelerate. And I was just going like, what, what is this? What is going on? It's, this guy is, is, is amazing. And then, so did, you know, I became friends with him and then being able to hop in the ring with him, you know, th through those four years before I had that massive match with him, but to go to, to, to Hiroshima is 2013. We had a title match and, uh, Hearing the people that day uh, were just—I mean, like—I I almost feel like if I would have won the title, they wouldn't have—they wouldn't have rioted and they wouldn't have been mad. I, I feel like you know Tana was so amazing at putting me over that that whole entire tour that he, he told such a story in that match that he made me look like a legit you know contender and you know it, to be in a ring with a legend, I think he'll go down as one of the best ever. And if you've stepped in the ring with him, it's or watched him, he's as good as he really is, and he's as nice as a guy. Let's get into Impact Wrestling because we do have Hard to Kill coming up on Saturday and you guys are teaming up with Kenny Omega. Like, even though there isn't going to be a crowd there, after what took place this past Wednesday, very interested what's going to happen on AEW tonight. Uh, you know, talk about the, the creating a buzz and how big this buzz has been and what can we ex expect Saturday at Hard to Kill? You know, Saturday is going to be... <clears throat> yeah, go ahead, Gallows. I just think it's history in the making. I mean, we felt the moment. We all felt it last Wednesday night. For sure, there will be aftermath tonight on AEW. Uh, and it, it's all leading into Hard to Kill. And, and I think that the cool thing about this buzz is, like, kudos to Impact Wrestling. Kudos to Access TV. Like, we're in the middle of Wrestle Week. I would have been so pumped as a kid to have Wrestle Week going on. Uh, you know, I think it started with showing uh, Bound for Glory on te on free television. Then you rolled into Impact on Access TV, and then a very cool E60 last night where they showed some vintage matches of Kenny, of us, and the Motor City Machine Guns. Um, and then you know we have the uh, Thursday night. There's a documentary special, Aaron, and then Friday we have Badass Movie Night with the Good Brothers, where we're going to watch the Kickboxer uh, with Jean Claude Van Damme, which was ridiculously fun to put together. And the Hard to Kill pre-show is live on Access at 7 p.m. this Saturday night, and then at eight o'clock we're going on the air live. And the, the buzz is real, and our roster is pumped for it. I was looking at the card last night as I was watching Impact, and there's we're not the only match that I'm excited about on that thing. I mean, this is like top of the line, um, you know, all the way through Tommy's got an old school rules match that I think will be a knockdown drag out barn burner. And then of course the main event, you know, the impact world champion on one side of the ring with the legendary motor city machine guns, because I mean, I don't know of a team that has a better legacy in the history of impact than them. Then on the other side, you got us reforming Bullet Club uh, with the AEW world champion, Kenny Omega, and here we are, the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champion. So I hope that this is the beginning of more to come uh, with all this crossover. I hope that we see more New Japan. I hope we see more AEW. I think it's a dream match time for fans and for wrestlers alike, and I think that's what's the most important thing about the buzz, and that's what's going to keep driving it. Yeah, it's and kudos to AEW, right, and, and the Young Bucks and, and Tony Khan yep. for even for you know allowing this to happen and Don Callis and and Scott Demore and to make this like to be able to do this to be able to have uh, you know the AEW World Heavyweight Champion come on Impact that first time like just shocked. I mean, it just was just it's crossing boundaries that doesn't usually happen, and for yep. us to 
to show up on, on, on dynamite on TNT to, you know, cross some boundaries that nobody thought was going to happen. It's uh it's a really cool time right now. And I, I promise you the story is just getting going. Now uh, it is Wednesday. Uh, you know, we have a few hours away. Sometimes we look for some busted open exclusives. Will we, is it, was the last week a first and only, will there be another one for the go home for hard to kill? Are we going to have a little more of, you know, you guys showing up tonight? Tommy, the well, see palm the trees behind hand, you guys. The, What's going on? The Bullet, the bullet Club the is for life. Hand made a comment last night on the bus, and uh, I think it was a precursor, as we like to say, before we go out drinking to what could happen tonight. Because you know there are feathers ruffled on the AEW side. Uh, there's the Bullet Club element, so I would tune in tonight. Nice. Tune in. Is there anyone from the AEW side, like the only person who I don't want to say is against it, but who raises the question on Impact side is me. Is there anyone from the AEW side that isn't like too, too happy about you guys showing up minus the guys you beat up? Forget about them. Probably, probably a lot. But they were all. Yeah. Everybody was. Everybody, <laughs> but everybody was. Everybody was. Everybody was cool. But besides, besides John, besides beating up John Moxley, um, and to step in the ring with John Moxley again too. You know, I haven't. I've known him since two thousand and, geez, two thousand and four in Cincinnati. So I've, I've known him a long, long time. And and what, what a talent! What a talent! <laughs> Absolutely. I forgot about that little uh, HWA Ohio uh, connection there. Yeah, I, I met him when he was 19, man. And fuck, he was weird. <laughs> <laughs> also, too, you know, Tommy, you said you wanted some breaking news. There is some breaking news with Impact Wrestling because uh, premiering on Saturday is the new broadcast team for Impact Wrestling, and that's D'Lo Brown and Matt Stryker. So Josh Matthews has got to change, so maybe that will gain some more viewers to Hard to Kill on Saturday as well. So you got D'Lo Brown and Matt Stryker as the new broadcast team, Tommy. All right. Well, that's cool. See, uh, give Listen, D'Lo is very, very good. Uh, he used to do it on Heat, and Heat was f- phenomenal. He's done a few pre-shows before this. And Stryker is very, very good as well. I enjoyed his work in WWE. I enjoyed his work in Lucha Underground. And uh, I'm looking forward to Weirdo Stryker making more obscure wrestling (laughs) comments than I ever will. Well, guys, thank you so much again. The good brothers. Wait, Dave, don't get rid of them. All right. Well, yeah, we got a couple of questions, actually, because we should get them in on the conversation. Now, I'm telling you that when Tommy and I get together, we always have a full bank of phone calls because we just talk about obscure pro wrestling things for three hours on a Wednesday. So let me ask you first for you, Doc, greatest sleeper hold. Who had the greatest sleeper hold of all time in pro wrestling? Oh, jeez, I think Roddy Piper. But I think that the first time I really took notice of the sleeper hold was was Brutus Beefcake. But I, I have to say Piper. There's more memorable sleeper holds out of Piper, in my opinion. Okay, okay. Carl? So I wasn't uh, – I have to admit, I was an NWA guy my whole life in North Carolina. So I, I never watched WWF and until – except when I would just catch little videotapes here and there. But I remember seeing Brutus the Barber Beefcake put guys to sleep – and then chop their ha- hair off. And I remember thinking that just is so weird. <laughs> just so weird to put the guy to sleep. And well, you were that you were that tired, and you just got a haircut. 
I know I'm thinking like, is he really a like? I don't know, man. I just, I just, it just didn't connect with me. All right, now, as you guys know, because you see me in the back, I wear a lot of uh, weird wrestling T-shirts. I'm wearing a T-shirt now. We do a reveal at the end of the show. Uh, Carl, I'll go with you. Uh, Well, you're not there, so now I'll go Doc. I'll go with you. Um, Old school, this guy is had an established finishing hold. And it's a not a good T-shirt for a heavy set person to wear, so it's not a black T-shirt. And uh, was a top draw all throughout his career. Okay, so he has a non-slimming, non-black T-shirt. He had a finishing hold, a submission hold, and he was yep. on top all throughout his career. And I'll give you one last guess. An a- okay. excellent amateur wrestler. Goodness gracious. Uh, has- I'm just going to throw something out there. Is it Dory Funk Jr.? <laughs> that is an excellent guess, but no. Thank you. Ah, damn it. <laughs> excellent guess. Established one finishing maneuver. Uh, Carl Anderson, I asked the question. He got some one of his children is now crying. There's big upset oh, in the yeah. house because There's of it. There's a lot going on. There's a lot so going on. So I'm sorry. Chad, but, you do not get the guess anymore. You've been eliminated. I hope so. Oh, hey, here you are. Sorry, guys. It's all right. My question was so serious, I caused your son to cry. When you're, hey, when you're a father at home here. Uh, he's got, I know he's this got isn't good radio, but hey. Yeah. He's, no, he's got important things to do. There's no doubt about it. Again, this shit's real life, kill. guys. <laughs> it's, we're all dealing with it. Working from home. All right. Hard to kill coming up on Saturday. Again, uh, a lot going on in the world of Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. Guys, thank you so much. Good luck on Saturday. Hope maybe we'll see you tonight on AEW Dynamite as well. We'll never know. But thank you so I'd much. Say too, Thanks, guys. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. Hard to kill this Saturday. Yes, it's going to be iconic. It's going to be history in the making. We haven't seen this. Dave, I don't know how long, but I mean, you and I literally on our off days randomly, you'll, hey, look at this. We're currently watching uh, Star Wars 1985, where we saw Ric Flair uh, face harley race and it was like the awa working with the nwa and it was a hell of a show even with the no shows tonight on aew we're going to have another chapter i believe the way they're hinting at us to watch it it's a cool listen man uh, and i say this all the time for the world is really messed up right now but professional wrestling the wrestlers we're part of the world as well and why would you do that dave (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're part of the world as well, and we just want to entertain, and we want to have like those feelings that give back to you guys. Like you said, he's talking about 
sitting on his knee watching somebody else wrestle and saying, I want to be there. How is he getting there? And and then to get there, and he's, he's getting chills talking about watching somebody else wrestle. And here's a guy who's part of the coolest faction going on and a lot of buzz about him. He's still a fan. We're all a fan. This is why we're so passionate about what we do. And uh, it's just going to – it's a cool time in a really, really bad time of the world. So, you know, we all say we're all in this together, but wrestling fans, we unite with what we love and what we watch. And I always say we find our passion and our happiness and my happiness and a lot of the nation's happiness is pro wrestling. And speaking of Now, Dave, of you nation, have a guess. Oh. Speaking of what? Uh, wait, what? I saw something what? out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> no, I just was showing you a picture of Baron Von Rash. And why are you showing me a picture of that? I just, I, I, I was just gonna guess visually without a- actually saying it because it popped into my head and I couldn't interrupt you because you were talking. <laughs> so I showed a picture. Yeah. So then you interrupt me anyway. I'm on this nice, beautiful portrayal of the world, and I randomly yeah. see a picture from of Baron von Rashi from Wrestling Review. And you know, whoa! What? Wait a second. How did you know that's from wrestling? By God, you are just because amazing. I have you an insane brain me. as well. You amaze me. You don't even have to show me the cover, and I know what the back cover is. And so my get my things out there were over everywhere he went. An established finisher. Dave, I never said you, meaning the nation. Dave recently watched this person on television. And yes, he was part of Star Wars. Yes, I my last clue is he had a great amateur background. Was an Olympian, I believe. If not, I just make stuff up. <laughs> and yes, I am currently wearing the claw, because that's all the people need to know. Claw, yeah, claw power, power. Black and yellow t-shirt. Dave LaGreca wins, and I wasn't going to say this on the air, Dave LaGreca wins an autograph, Baron Von Raschke, 8 by 10 Yeah, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. 877 <laughs> I can't believe I'm literally pontificating about our world COVID making this great baby face promo. In the corner of my eye, I see Baron Von Raschke's claw <laughs> coming in my Zoom box. You're a friggin' maniac. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Hey, guys, this is Mark from Texas. (laughs) Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I just had to interject with my idea of who had the best sleeper hole of all time. Uh, I, and that I, gentleman, I, I, go go and ahead. That Mark. gentleman is Mr. Wrestling Number Two. He does not. <laughs> Why are you going to get me? Yeah, high? he had a he had the knee lift, million dollars. He had the million dollar knee lift, and he had the power driver and he had the sleeper i don't think so i don't that's been blocked out of my mind i don't know, you know who had Mark a good Henry's one to hit a lot controversy here yeah he's starting some controversy here and Mark, you I saw like him it. a lot in houston uh mark lewin the maniac yes sir he had an amazing sleeper hold 
And uh, also, uh, Bret Hart's sleeper wasn't bad either. Yeah, but he didn't win a lot of matches with it. That's my whole thing. He never used it as a finish. Well, that's got to be part of the... I could do your slam, but I can't beat anybody with it. Well... You had, you know, established finish, worlds... There, you're finished. It's easy if someone comes up with that. Another tag, you best know, tag team finish. There was a lot finish. of people that had the uh, sleepers as a finish because that's usually what happened when I watched their matches. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, of course, Tommy. Not you. No, I've seen a few of them, though. I'd, I'd probably spit at the monitor with you. <laughs> yeah. We both woke up and, like, the show is over. <laughs> Mark, man, I can't wait for Friday. Mark, I can't wait for Friday, my friend. Hey, man, y'all are killing it, man. What a good show. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate Thank you, buddy. that, buddy. Thank you, man. All right, and, man. And again, Mark from and, Texas, out. Bye. And don't forget, I'm, I'm still Randy Orton, piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to kick your ass. Yeah, well, you know. I don't think Randy Orton cares. He's got no balls. He don't care. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm out of this conversation. Bye, 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 Mark. I'll talk to you on Friday. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to get killed. Let's go out to Clifton in Yonkers right here on Busted Open. What's up, Clifton? George? Mike, <laughs> we lost. We lost Clifton and Yonkers. Bye bye now. Clifton, just drive to my house. I'll just Actually, is this Clifton and Yonkers? I might have hit the wrong key. There was two Clifton and Yonkers up there. Clifton, are you there? Are you? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Hello, Clifton. How are you? How are you? I am long time listener, first time caller. Okay. And the best. Person with the sleeper hold, most of you guys may not know his name, Mark Lewin. I just said it, Clifton. Clifton, you're not Do representing you... Yonkers well. I literally just said it. He he uh, he used to wrestle with Black Boardman yep. and Great Goliath in the 67. Yeah, Purple Haze, man. He was dope. He had the great Mephisto as his manager. When he had it locked in so tight, guess what? Mephisto had to pull a thing around his eyes because he was yep. just so yeah, into that hole. Yeah, 1967, 67, 68. He used to wrestle a guy by the name of Black Gordman yep. and the great Goliath. Absolutely. Black Gordman uh, gave me one of my, knocked me out for my first knockout in wrestling. He gave me a DDT. In a boxing ring in Gleason's gym. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't in 1967. I was negative four then. But uh, <laughs> Clifton, where? what part of Yonkers you calling from, sir? Okay. Um, I'm right behind St. John's Hospital. Oh, okay. Well, I'm born and raised in Yonkers, New York. I'm the most famous yeah. person from Yonkers, New York. Screw yeah. Eddie Kingston. Yeah, I, I know. I've been following you for a long time. Well, thank All you. Right. I only well, say that on. as a joke. With but thank those you. Crazy, those crazy ECW matches. Yep. I was, was nuts. 
All right, Clifton. Well, thanks. All right, thanks Mark for the Lewin, call, sir. Another vote for Mark Lewin. I like great, that a great. Lot. His may have been the most devastating. And listen, when we're we're going to have to get into a whole that'll be next week stuff. But like you know that Mark from Texas is talking. You got to win. It can't be you just execute it well. Spike Dudley had a, a good sleeper hold. He would jump on your back and legit choke you, and you also would start dying from his breath because it smelled like beer and alcohol. But yet, he didn't win a lot of matches with that. But the Dudley death drop, yeah, man. he uh, Or the acid drop, that's what it was. He won a lot of matches with that. Let's go out to Howard in Chicago. What's going on, Howard? First of all, the best interview I thought you did in the last five years was Greg Anya. I agree. I could listen to that. Multiple times. I, I thank was, you very much. When was when was the interview with Greg Gagne? When 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 was that? I, I think it was six months ago. But time run during COVID, everything runs together. It was. It was during the, our territory, one of our territory specials. Tom, yeah, we interviewed yeah, Greg Gagne for yes. the AWA. That was a very good interview. You're right, Howard. Thank you, man. And, Appreciate that. And the other and the other thing I say, if going the same thing, the Gagne sleeper. Vern Sleeper was as good as he was out there. I agree. See, we got the AWA people defending good old Vern. That was his finish, man. Yeah, Greg Gagne is not for so much. Five years. Exactly. No, no, Vern, Vern. Yeah, yeah, of course. And keep up the good work. I really appreciate what you do. Oh, thank, thank you for God. listening. I'll say Greg Gagne had a really good drop kick. AWA for life. For for for, for life. All right, let's go out to Nick in North Carolina. What's going on, Nick? Hey, Dave. Hey, Tommy. Good morning. How are you? How are you, buddy? So um, I was originally going to guess the T-shirt, um, but uh, now that that's out, I uh, wanted to tell you, Dave, that I I was just listening to the podcast from yesterday because I missed the show, and I heard uh, Dr. Ed's little statement, and I wanted to let you know that even though I'm a recovering alcoholic, you can have my liver. Uh, you know what? I'm going to Eve. Listen here, Nick, even <laughs> if, even if it's damaged, the liver is damaged. I'll still need it. Having a damaged liver. I don't know about liver, the It doesn't matter. It doesn't, a damaged liver is better than no liver at all. So I, I, I appreciate that, Nick. Thank you very much, man. Wait, one more thing. Sure. Okay. Um, I have an idea that could maybe take care of two issues. Okay. You go to Cody, you know, Cody and Orton are kind of friends. So you say, you kind of blackmail him and you say, I'll, I'll unban Orton if you lift the ban for me for AEW. And you know what? My, my friendship for Mark Henry is stronger than my love for AEW. I respect that. It's, it's, not, it's not a fair comparison, but I appreciate it, Nick. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Dave. You got it. Nobody talks to my friend that way. <laughs> hey, I told you, Dave, Mark should not have been, he shouldn't have been there. Shouldn't have brought that extra wide scooter. Should, just shouldn't have gone. So now Vince can't take the booking. Sorry. No, he should have went. He had every right to be there. It was Legends Night, and he's a legend. I agree, but, you know, that's what happens. When, there, when there's a legend killer lurking around, it's like a horror film. It's that also that also great commercial uh, that they have. Like, shouldn't we just get in the running car? No, let's go hide in the tool shed with all the weapons. You, there's a legend killer lurking. You don't go to Legends Night. I'm sorry. Uh, if it's hardcore I mean, night or extreme night, and there's the extreme killer, I'm not showing up. I'm telling you, no, Vince. I'm not showing up. I'm not there. 
Yeah, I, I, that's a good point. Valid point, Tommy. Valid point. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.